I just want you to introduce yourself. Tell us um, your name, um, where you're from, how old you were when you got married, and how long you have been married. Sierra, let's hear from you. All right. Hello. Good evening, everyone. I am Sierra. I have been married a total of four years. My husband and I have been together a total of eight years. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. The, the math for what age I got married. I was in my 20s. Yes. There we go, sis. It's all right. I'm not good with numbers either. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Didi. Tell us um, where you're from. Um, when, what age you were when you got married and how long you've been married? All right. So I'm Didi, D, whichever comes out first. Um, and pretty much I actually met my husband in Richmond. So that's where I was born and raised. But I've been here in the Fredericksburg area for 10 years. And I've been married for a total of 23 years as of last month. And I was 20 when I got married. <laughs> It went out as soon as you said the number. How many years was that, Didi? 23. 23 years married. And I was 20 years old on the head when I got married. <laughs> Dang. So, that, y'all, that's why I personally went and just begged Didi, like, Didi, can I get you on the podcast tonight? Because I need somebody with some longevity. Yes, but, amen. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 23 years. So I appreciate that. We're going to get Catherine back in here. Hey, Kat, can you hear us? Okay. So I am originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and then now we moved to Virginia, and then now we're back in uh, Alabama. But I was 19 when we got married, and we were married for uh, 12 years, and we really only knew each other for two months before we got married. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Girl, come on. I got that. <laughs> Okay, sis, two months. I am not mad at you, girl. Help with your business. Got it done. Yes. Okay. So um, me, I am from Arkansas originally. Met Clay when I was, I think, 20. I got married to him when I was like, yeah, 24, about 24. And then we've been married next in February. It'll be 10 years. So time is really moving man so um I, I really like this i wanted to make sure we had some different um you know different ranges in marriages and then Catherine has got married i mean after two years some of us got married a little bit longer so it's different perspectives and i wanted to get into all of that tonight miss lawanda said she's been married for 19 years clap it up miss lawanda go ahead girl go ahead. <laughs> okay y'all so Let's just hop right into this podcast. I really want this to be um, encouraging to people and just kind of get an idea of some of the things that we experience in marriages. And so the first thing I want to talk to talk about is what are you what um what is one thing that surprised you about marriage? Like you get into marriage, you know, we always see on TV just the, you know, the banging weddings and all of these glorious moments, you know, and then those true, those are so true, they happen, they exist. But you know, I want to know something that you did not expect. What surprised you about marriage? Who wants to go first? I can start. So for me, I think what surprised me the most is the amount of compromise um, required to yeah. to continue in your marriage. Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, like two people Ooh. come together. They have two very different upbringings. Um, you know, and you get in the house and you think that you 
oh, this is how it's going to be. And it's, you're just trying to match, mesh together two different lives into one. So for me, I, I definitely think it's the amount of compromise required to, to continue in a, in, a, in a marriage. Oh my goodness. That's, that's so deep, Sierra. <laughs> you are so right. I mean, ladies, can we all agree with that? Like compromise and like, that's something that I think will never ever stop. Like, you don't. <laughs> no. Right, right. No. So very, thanks for that, Sierra. Next, Didi, I think you were going, so you come on in. Okay. So um, actually, Sierra hit it on the head, which is so funny because hearing about marriage and everything, I was always taught it's a 50-50. It's a 50-50. Well, what I learned is a hundred hundred is not is <laughs> not a 50 50 scenario. And I have to give my all. He has to give his all to honestly make it happen and continue making it happen. And it's a lot of work. That was the other thing. Um, when you're dating, it's just totally different because, you know, when you're working it out, especially us ladies, when it's that time of the month and stuff like that, we we had that private time to work through it. And when you get married, you don't really have it unless you go in a toilet room. But other than that, when you come out, <laughs> you got to, you know, you got to have it together or at least be able to communicate it rightly to your spouse what's going on and not just lose it like I did on my mom when I was growing up. So it was a different, <laughs> it was a whole different story. <laughs> just the idea of only bringing 50% of yourself to yeah. something. That's really good, Didi. Catherine, what about you? What surprised you about marriage? Uh, I think for me, I never really had like a marriage to look to. So for me, everything was surprising to be honest. And like, I guess the most thing is like when you get married young, people don't realize like how much you have, how much you're going to change in those years and things like that. And so it's like, I still find out new stuff about him now like I didn't even know he knew how to skip rocks I was like when where you learn how to ski from Jersey y'all got no water where you learn how to skip rocks it's just like small you know just like the small stuff that you don't think about but you're always going to be changing and people say you know they get in a relationship but they think like you know oh he has a bad habit of doing whatever well since it's going to be a lot more bad habits probably some you ain't never seen before because you're constantly changing and evolving every day so I think that's probably and then the fact that it's it really is forever like you know it's not you're not supposed to go into your marriage thinking like oh we can get just get a divorce like no this thing is forever so can you imagine staying the same person forever and not changing nothing so yeah like us, I know I married like 24. I didn't know who I was then. Like, and I still, mm -hmm. I'm still learning who we I am right now, you know? And so like, especially we, we get married young and we don't know what the future holds or what we're going to evolve into. We evolve at different paces and then people can get, it can be discouraging when you like, look, we, we supposed to be evolving and growing and what's up people. I have seen people get divorced because people were not growing at the same pace or, you know, because maybe they just don't understand how to work through some of those things. And so um, this is one thing. Let, let me ask this question, Didi, like in situations like that where, you know, we're, we're, we're in this thing together, we're growing, but maybe we're growing at two different paces. I don't know, the woman or the man growing at two different paces and you, it can get discouraging. Like what advice or what encouragement do you have in situations like that for people who are at that, those stages in their marriages? Yeah, well, one huge thing I would say is I have my faith. And so I take 
everything to the Lord. So like, <laughs> I don't know, we wouldn't be 23 years. I'm just going to be honest without him because when there were situations and scenarios, just like you said, Whitney, where one's growing and not the other, and maybe one's going really fast and the other one's at more of a moderate pace, you know, when those situations happen, I would just take it to my heavenly father and pray and pray for him. Prayer, prayer, prayer was what I had to do. And then from there was patience because who am I to declare how fast somebody's supposed to grow? That's not my place. So I'm out of my place when I get frustrated with that. So it was prayer and patience. <laughs> I, look, girl, I'm trying to, I want to type that in the comments so I can put it on the thing. I'm out of place. Like I'm, I'm out of place expecting you to grow at a rate that I think you should be growing at instead of the rate that God, you know, that, that that's between you and God and your growth. And when I married you, I married you, you know, for you. Oh my goodness. Okay. Y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> Need to be over here. This is why I wanted her on here. Y'all should be getting all of you, all of you stuff. Okay. So ladies, thank you. Let's move on. So, um, from that, right. And all those things, things that surprised us about marriage in order to overcome those and get through those things, we probably had to use some some form of communication. So this is what I want to get into. What, um, how important is communication and what things hinder good communications? And ladies, like this is one of those things where, you know, what, how, what are some struggles you found with communication, either with you or receiving it or giving it? What are those things for you? So mine is that I'm a, uh, I'm a, a yeller. So that's, that's my issue. It's like, if I feel like you're not listening, then I'm going to talk louder because clearly you didn't hear me when I was trying to talk lower. So, and that can be a hindrance, you know, cause not everybody's going to respond to you hollering at them. And then you're really not going to be listening, you know, if you, uh, if you yell and things like that. So I think that's, that's been my struggle. It's like, and then um, also to keep, well, I guess it's like a form of nagging to keep repeating the same thing that they're doing wrong because they're not, you're not going to hear it. Eventually you're going to block it out because you keep saying it the same thing, same way. So, you know, maybe it's you and not me or whatever. So I've had to learn how to, how to like watch how he communicates and then try to mimic that when I'm trying to get him to understand what I'm trying to say. So just kind of being more aware of, you know, me, I talk about everything. He, he more internalizes everything. And then once he processes it inside, then he comes to me with the full package and say, this is how I feel. Me, I'm going to tell you every step along the way how I feel. And so that's not the best way sometimes, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl. And let me ask you this, because um, some people may not realize that, like, did you see experience communication with yelling, like growing up? Is that something you like experienced? Yes. Was that the way that people communicated around you? That's the way people communicated. We were, my mama, she still hollered everybody yells and I'm like girl you know but seeing and even his family they're more so like passive with their anger you know it's like they they may make a comment about it but they won't just come out and say this is why I'm upset and that's not how you know my mom and my sister now that's not how we communicate so we just kind of just say it and if you accept it you accept it if you don't you don't but at least I got it off my chest now it's not my problem no more now it's yours but that's unhealthy. That is unhealthy. You yeah, know, so, yeah. 
we trying to get it together, honey, but we've gotten, I've gotten a lot better, like acknowledging that I have that problem. Now I can kind of see when I'm doing it and I can catch myself and I'm like, I apologize. I didn't mean to say it. I meant what I said, but I didn't mean to say it that way. So I apologize yeah. for my delivery. Come on here, growth. <laughs> right. <Come here. laughs> but I said what I said. <laughs> Let it be clear. Okay. Right. The tone was a little wrong. That's growth, sis. You know, we can get there. We can, we can get growing. Okay. Very, very good. I, I agree. Sierra, I feel like you should go next on this one. What? what I, I don't, um, yeah. There's so much into this because communication is definitely important. And um, Catherine hit on it. We have to learn our communication style and our spouse's communication style. And also, um, another thing I think we have to discuss is like silent communication or not really asking for or saying exactly what you need. Like there have been times um, like in the beginning and we're only four years in where my husband would say, oh, you didn't um, bring me so-and-so or you didn't say so-and-so. And I was like, oh, well, um, if I would have known, I would have I been happy to do it. But, but babe, um, you should have known, like, I don't, I don't think I should have to ask, but if, if you don't ask, then how do I know? You know, like, so I don't know. Silent communication is definitely a thing. Communication is important. I think we, we all have to just keep learning each other's style of communication or our spouse's style of communication um, in a marriage. And yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah, we all are, girl. That's the beautiful thing, man. And I, I think that's the thing I really want people to understand is that we are all still learning. You know, like we, no matter what you think, girl, you think one day you'd be like, no, I got this. I am a wife. You, the epitome. And the next day you're like, I'm trash. Like, this is not it. You know, so it just kind of, it, it, it goes ups and downs and it's normal. So don't feel like you're failing because we had those moments. Didi, come on through with um, is it is it important and what are some things that hinder good communication? Yes, it's definitely important. And I would say another thing, it, it was two secret ingredients for us. And I want to share those. One was called touch and talk. We call it TNT. And so we call it TNT because it was when you're upset, <laughs> when you have a disagreement, argument, you're not on the same page. We would hold hands and talk through it. And if you think about it, touch is such an intimate thing. You can't really do it if you, <laughs> if you mad, it's like the last thing I want to do is hold your hand. I might push you, <laughs> but because, you know, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to divide that, that separation and marriage is all about oneness. If nothing else, it's about oneness, that unity. Not being the same person, but being united. And so that touch and talk, that was one. Then another one was like, for me, I can relate with you, Catherine. Um, my mom would yell a lot and she wasn't even from Alabama, but um, <laughs> it was just, it was just, that was the house she was in. But I will say her mother was actually deaf. And so my mom had to step in and raising her siblings and she had to yell. And so yelling was just like something I grew up with. And so when I got married, I was like, oh no, that ain't gonna work because my husband is a very soft-spoken 
you know, guy. And so yelling, that's straight turn off. So <laughs> that was that was one of the things too I had to personally work through. But that secret I'm saying is when I communicated, before I would say anything, I would say, can you listen to me with your heart? Can you listen to me with your heart? Which means basically, I don't want you on your phone, doing the game, you know, whatever, saying you heard me because you might hear me, but you didn't listen to me. And so I would ask him, would you please listen to me with your heart? If it's something we need to talk about that matters to me and I want him to hear me, that's what I would say. And so those were two things right away we implemented and it helped a whole lot. <laughs> I'm I'm over here taking notes like okay. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And you know the, the first thing that I thought about like how you said like sometimes when you're in in the heat of the moment you're angry or I'm feeling frustrated. I don't want you touching me. I feel like you're being fake because you know I'm angry. Now you want to touch me. You're trying to take me to a different place. Like that <laughs> in my mind, but touch and talk just hearing you say that and explain it 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 it, it automatically you know de-escalates yes. the situation and it makes you have to be vulnerable you know like all i feel is vulnerability in there like if i let you touch me when i'm angry like this i gotta calm down and yep. calm. <laughs> i'm thinking sitting here thinking like my husband probably don't know that that's what he's doing but he be trying to come and kiss on me and that you know I, I saw it on this thing that you know when you mad i'm supposed to kiss on you and then you know you, that's just supposed to make you uh happy and i'm like no 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 <laughs> So maybe he know about touch and talk and I just didn't know about it. So we're going to have to have a talk tonight about touch and talk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody, ladies, did y'all have any comments about that or anything else to add before we move on? That was really, really good. I want to comment. So yeah, that was really, really good. And that touch and talk thing. Oh my gosh. Like, look, is that an immediate thing? Or like, do you take five minutes and then you come back? Because I really be like, I don't want you to say anything to me right now. And then he'll just come in my face smiling and I'll be like, I don't feel like smiling right now. I want to, I want to be mad for a second. Yeah. It definitely. But we ain't right. We ain't right uh, when we do that. Yeah, I want to, but we ain't right. <laughs> come on, Dee Dee. <laughs> And then one thing I learned in a marriage counseling early on, well, we did premarital counseling, but one thing I learned was like, have them repeat what they heard you say so that if they didn't hear it right you can say no 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 i didn't say that part you know you added that part in just making sure that they are hearing and making sure i'm hearing what he's saying you know i'm like okay well what i heard you say was you know it's annoying and it's kind of like touch and talk with that it is very annoying because i'm like listen i barely even want to hear what you got to say let alone repeat it but it's important you know to make sure that they're listening and to make sure that we're listening yeah that's good in communication um how can communication with outside people impact your marriage should it should it be avoided the reason i wanted to ask this question is because i know that so many times like going into a marriage we're used to sharing everything with everybody and letting everybody in our business and then you know as soon as you know when we mad we letting it all out and then as soon as we back in love and everything people still mad and we didn't told them everything they still hate our man and like we back in love and it's kind of hard and not even in that situation just outside advice and outside perspectives uninvited expect uh, you know <laughs> advice and all those things you know how can that impact our marriage and do you think you should avoid it it's, i think it should be avoided with with people that are very close to you like close friends and family but i mean for me i think like i would limit it to like a therapist 
or a counselor because you can vent to them and they don't know your husband, they don't know your family. And I feel like, um, of course, you can speak to the Lord. The Lord will always guide you where you need to go. But if you need to, you know, talk to someone here, I think avoid people close to you and just take it to the Lord or a counselor. And it's not out of being mean it's, or it's your choice to be able to do that and be careful who you're sharing with. Okay. So um, I think, I definitely think that what Sierra said is, is it. Like, I don't think... Um, because you don't know what people are going through, like in their households. So they might try to project some struggles that they have onto your marriage. Like, girl, I would never. And I'm like, girl, you don't know because you ain't been here. You know, so you have to kind of be careful with uh, just who you talk to in general, because, you know, everything that smiles isn't always great. So you may think that you're going to a good, strong, married couple, but that may just be a front or it may be, you know, them hiding some things about themselves. So we just have to be careful. And then also you have to be careful about who you tell because you want to be careful about the, the advice that you receive. You know, if that person is not credible or whatever, you don't want them telling you to leave your husband or put them out or something goofy, you know, and that's not really what you want to do, but that's what everybody else is doing. So you may think that's what you're supposed to do. You know, so I, I do think that therapist or a pastor is, something is is the best way to go everybody yeah mm -mm. dd what about you ditto 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 <laughs> absolutely um keep people out of your marriage that um do not be there because you didn't marry them anyway you know the marriage is between you and the lord your spouse and um for us like for me personally i learned this lesson when i was dating my now husband because I shared with a really good girlfriend, you know, just like, oh, he did this for me. And yeah, he really likes that. And I'm sharing all this stuff. And then she tried to make a move. And I was like, are you serious? Wow. And, um, and it was just, you know, as a teenager, whew, the hormones just went crazy. And needless to say, we weren't friends much after that. But um, <laughs> but um, I think it was Catherine that hit on it that you never know people's struggle and their home life could be jacked up. Their marriage could be jacked up and they're on the prowl. You, you just don't know, just to be honest, you don't. And so you have to find that trusted source if you do need outside help from a counselor, from a therapist. You know, um, I know some people go to their pastors. But I'm gonna just say, be careful there too. Um, if you know your pastor as a trusted source, then yes. But I've also seen some marriages um, wrecked, and the pastor had a different ulterior motive. So um, I would caution that. But in general, keep everybody else out. You know, God's gonna help y'all work through that. Yeah, that's that's good, y'all. And I think I think for me, like. The reason I feel like it's so important to keep people out is because I remember putting so many people in. I think at one point I was like pity partying, seeking pity. Oh, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. I want everybody to feel sorry for me, like deep down. Like now that I look back, I know that that's what I was doing. And then it's like, you know, but it was never solving anything. No matter how many people I told about what was going on and all the stuff that was going on and how unhappy I was at the time, it didn't solve anything. The only time... 
something got worked out is when I talked to my husband. Like when I talked to him, you know, and he was willing to listen, like like we talked about, you know, when he was able to get an understanding and understand what was up, that's the only way we grew, you know? Like other than that, it was just creating more chaos and things and things like that. So I'm with y'all. I think we you have to be very careful. Like if you just at a point where you have to talk to someone because you get like that sometimes, like sometimes you can, you know, keep stuff to yourself so much and you can, it can get really, really hard. I know I've been there, but I have a trusted person that I know like, okay, I don't go to you every time something goes wrong, but if I really need to talk to somebody, like this is who I'm confiding in. I know I got that person there that I can confide in. Anybody else got anything to add on that on that topic? Yeah, I just want to add this real quick. My daughter recently got married. She's been married a year, um, a year and a couple months now. And um, I heard her recently um, sharing with another couple that's now, they're engaged to be married in December. And she was telling them like, look, you know, um, my husband and I, we don't really have a lot of couples that are our age because they got married young too, like many of us on the line did tonight. And she said, so we double date a lot with my parents. And other people go, what? You know, and she was like, they are amazing. <laughs> she said, um, she said they are able to pour into us and give us golden nuggets so we don't have to experience certain things that mm -hmm. others of their friends have experienced she said because if i go to them to couples that's been married the same amount of years or months or just under it then i'm gonna get advice and do the same things that i would do anyway mm -hmm. or they'll be like my yes amen corner people you know <laughs> and not really solving the problems or situations because they needed that experience and outside wisdom. And, and that was one of the things it was like, I got to find a accountability couple that will say no to us mm. when it's not right. And that will say yes to us when it is right. And a lot of times people are peers and stuff. They, they don't do that. They'll say what they think we want to hear. Yeah. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to find people like that, that we can really, really trust. And that's why, like, I mean, I'm okay that I don't have a whole bunch of people in my life, but the people that I do have that God does place in my life, I really value it, you know? And I think it's always good to be honest and people will, people will get to know you for that. Like, Oh, like I call on deep cause I know she's going to keep it real. You know, I know she's going to check us if we're getting, getting a little out of control, you know what I'm saying? But we need that. Like, let me reel y'all back in, you know, <laughs> with the Lord. <laughs> so I, but I love it because we need that in our lives. Too many people, like you said, will be in our amen corner. So ladies, yes, all of that about communication. Um, and Miss Luanda said, we do, we do need that account those accountability couples as well. So ladies, let's keep on and going. So um, after communication, you know, we communicating all right. We working on our communication. We know what we need to do. We're moving forward, striving every day, trying to touch and talk and all those good things when we get off the podcast tonight, you know. Um, now I want to kind of get into how is, is it possible to lose yourself in marriage? Have any of you experienced that? Um, and what was that like or what's that like? Um, so it is possible to lose yourself in marriage, but I think when you get married, you are supposed to, you're supposed to change a little bit anyway, because like your single self is very different from your married self. So like, I remember when like maybe a month or two after I got married, I do remember now I got married when I was 29 years old. Um, but, um, 
like a month or two after I got married, I remember sitting on the couch just being like, like, who am I now? Because I'm obviously not the same Sierra I was a few months ago and just having to like really figure out who am I today as a wife in this marriage? Um, and I think you lose yourself a little bit, but you find like another, another piece or another part of yourself. Yeah. But let me talk on this here because I wasn't going there, but there's somewhere that we need to go. Do you hear me? I see that so much like in this culture today and in today's culture, like, being married and still acting single like that's not I don't I mean that's really not okay like you said you really do become a new person some of the things I did when I was single Whitney your girl can't do is marry Whitney for one I ain't got that kind of man (laughs) and for two it's just like it's just one of those things that have to change and one of the things that comes along with that is people not understanding you know like Friends didn't necessarily understand. Family didn't necessarily understand. Like, I can't do the same things that I did with my money back then. You know what I'm saying? I can't help out the same people that I helped out back then because now I'm married. Like, yeah, you think I'm being stingy, but I'm really honoring my household first. You know, so, so many things like our identity changes. I can't turn up like I did back then. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole bunch of, (laughs) a whole bunch of things, you know, that had to change for me in my personal walk. And so, I agree. Your identity should shift. You should lose a little bit of the old you. And um, and then probably somebody else will hit on the identity part. But that was a good point still, Sierra. Yes. Yeah, that was definitely a great point. I know um, <laughs> the single self versus the married self, you know, it's a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow initially. But what's interesting is the pill becomes smaller when we switch to motherhood because it's the same thing. Like the way I was prior to being a mother is different than when I'm a mother. And so the same, you know, singlehood is its thing. But when you're married, it's its thing. <laughs> and the um, whoo, um, from what we did to what we say, to how we say it, to um, just walking things out. We we have to walk it out differently. And um, you're still the same person, but it's just the responsibility and the attributes. I call it the fruit just begins to grow and to begins to form in you. But if you still practicing what you used to do, then you're gonna stunt the growth of yourself as an individual, but also the growth of your marriage and the health of your marriage. So D, you saying we should have some married fruit. There should be some fruit on us when we become married. There's some things that show, that yeah. change, that are obvious that we have yes. now become married. And and that's those are good points because I feel like there are some things that when I was single and when I was without kids, I wouldn't want my children to see me in that light. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, life was rough when I was, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want them to see me like that. You know, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would not want them looking at that as an example, you know, for how to live. I know one thing that really stuck with me, I was in Iraq and this, this guy, Uganda, he saw a picture of my baby online and he told me, he said, um, your son is going to destroy the kingdom of darkness and build the kingdom of light, but you have to show him what a good woman looks like. You have to show him how a good woman is supposed to act, how she's... And when I say that thing stuck with me, it took on a whole new meaning for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man... It just hit me that I have a responsibility to show him, you know, I can't be out here being wretched. Like I can't be, 
I can't be rough because my son's gonna say, oh, that's a good woman because my mom was like that. So it just hit me different, man. And I and I'm thankful for him because I don't know that if he hadn't said that, that if I that little light bulb would have went off and that was over 10 years ago, you know, over 12, 13 years ago that that happened. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. So yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Catherine, what you got? So I would say, um, yeah, well, I guess ours was a little bit different because he was in the military, you know? And so it's like, when you get married to somebody in the military, he don't own himself and you don't own yourself anymore at that point either. You know, it's like, you can't even plan a family vacation without, somebody telling you yes you can or no you can't so it's a lot that goes along with it and then when they get deployed mine's been three times he's been deployed just came home this year in March so you know it yeah it's it's a lot that goes with it so I guess you can say you can lose yourself in it but when we got out the military I think he and I we were both lost we didn't know who we we was like okay we so used to have somebody tell us what to do you know, so we kind of got to find out about ourselves together. So I do think that that was kind of one thing that um, that kind of strengthened our marriage was I didn't we were both trying to find ourselves at the same time. So we allowed each other that grace, you know, to have those mess ups and, you know, those times when we weren't when he wasn't acting like himself. And so it just so happened that every time we went through those phases, when we came out of it, it was like we became more enjoyable to the other, you know? So it was, um, it was a little bit different with us. So we, we kind of had to, you know, I mean, I wasn't even old enough to drink when we got married. So it was a lot of things that went growing wise and we just kind of gave each other the liberty to do it, you know? So I didn't really lose myself. I'm more so I like, I found a better portion of myself. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like that. And I think that's a, that's a part of like just marriage in general, finding ourselves, like we still finding ourselves today, trying to figure out who we are, who we're becoming. Our spouse is trying to figure out who they are and who they're becoming. And it can be a struggle, man. It can be a struggle, not, not knowing, feeling like you don't know who you are and trying to, trying to make something happen, you know? So it's a lot that goes into that. Um, when I, another, another thing, when I was talking about you know, losing yourself in marriage, like you can get so caught up in, like I think Sierra kind of touched on it up in, you can get so caught up in the other person that you kind of, you kind of lose your own identity. You kind of forget who you are, that you have a, a purpose. You know what I'm saying? That you, God has created you as an individual too. So I think it's important for us to, you know, to, to remember that, but sometimes it can get like, that can take over. Like it can go from one extreme to the next, you know? So I think we kind of have to try and find that balance of, you know, maintaining who we are and, and still trying to fit into the life of a whole nother human being that's on the same journey as we are trying to find ourselves. This is a good one. Can you make your spouse a God? Is it possible to make your spouse a God and the dangers of that? they are like your world. Like I read this book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it talked about you having who you have in the center. When you have God in the center, if everything else falls away, there's a way for you to come back. You can bounce back. When you have your spouse in the center, if something happens, if they die or they leave you, your life falls apart because that's who's at the center of your life. And sometimes before we we know that, we can end up putting our spouses in the, in the center and they are 
become like guys. We expect a lot from them. We almost worship them. And it's a lot of pressure on them and things like that. So I just kind of want to feel like, have you guys experienced that? Or do you think that it's possible? Like, is it easy to do that? And what are the dangers of that? So that one is a, is a little bit tough for me because growing up, I had my dad, but not really. So it's like when I got Charles, I like, he became, he was like literally everything. You know, I finally had this strong male in my life that, you know, protected me and, and um, guided me and things like that, telling me, no, you shouldn't do that or whatever. So he took on more like a, more like a leadership role in like a little bit, because I never had that before. So I kind of did let him just kind of just tell me whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, just just because I had never had that before. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit different for me. Yeah. And I'm not sure how to navigate it, but I do keep God center. But I think um, also what I just thought about, every time I started to put Charles before God, it's like God took him away. You know, it's like, oh, you're getting deployed. Oh, you got to leave Thursday because you're going overseas. I'm like, ah, what you doing? You know, so this last time when he did it, um, it was last year. And I was opening up the store and everything. And I was dependent. It was like, Charles, do you think I should get this hair? Charles, do you think I should open this account? Charles, and God is like, uh, sis, I'm the one that gave you the idea. I'm the one that gave you the provisions. Why are you asking him? You know, so then they sent him an email on Tuesday that he was leaving Thursday. So I had to do everything by myself. And then he went to a place that had like the worst Wi-Fi ever. So I couldn't even ask him questions. So God was like, uh-uh, I'm going to make it so you ain't got no choice but to depend on me. So now I go to God first. I'm like, all right, Lord. Now, just just so you know, this is, this is the thought. And then I'm like, Charles, I prayed about it. And this is my idea. So, you know, yeah, at first he was very much like Charles, God everybody else now is definitely the opposite uh yeah it happens man especially especially coming from a background where you did not have a, a father like that father figure to lead in god and then you get it and it's like thank you lord but this is him you are lord now you know so it can be rough man sierra what about you what are your thoughts i think it goes back to that um I identity piece of it, I think it's possible for you to make your spouse your God. But for me, I think if you have um, a life or an identity out, outside of your spouse, like you have, um, you know, positive male figures in your life, like your dad, or um, you have a career, or, you know, just things like that to just keep you engaged in things. And um, I think you're less likely to make your spouse your God because um, there are other things going on in your life. Let's go, D. Oh, this is so good. So, yes, um, I totally agree um, with both of you all. I mean, whoo, um, it's easy to make your spouse your God. And I say God, little G, because um, <laughs> that's that's what they would be considered. And um, in my life, my chain has been God, nobody, then my spouse because I don't ever want to merge him or switch places between God and my spouse. And I love what you said, Catherine, about going to God first with stuff, because honestly, it's dangerous when we put anybody on a pedestal, but especially our spouse, because 
um, early in my marriage, I did that for a season. And you know what the Lord did? Took him right off that pedestal to remind me that he is human, just like I am, and that we are to look to him. I am to look to him. And um, he taught me that lesson. Woo, I think that was year nine, like eight, nine or so. And that stuck with me. So I was like, oh, that ain't happening again. So it's God, nobody, <laughs> then the spouse, because I don't ever want to put him in a dangerous place. D, I want to open it up just a little bit, y'all. Forgive me. But like, you know how you say you got God, then nobody, then your spouse? Because I know it can be stressful on our spouses to expect so much from them, like almost like God, like, um, you know, expectations from them and it can be hard and then, and it can be hard on you because you expecting something that's kind of impossible, you know, but how do you make that? Like, like, how do you make sure you keep that gap? What does that look like? The nobody does that mean? Is that just you meaning when you go to God, you take some time to yourself to get it together and then go to your spouse or kind of like, what is that like? Yeah. It's called, um, meditation, sitting in the presence of God on whatever the issue is, whatever is going on. Um, and not just, okay, let me pray about it. Oh, and hey, da, 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 you know, and I'm not even allowing that time for the spirit to speak to me. It's almost negating that first process I did because I'm right here now. Mm. Thank you. Because I mean, like, that is what I thought that I was supposed to like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna pray. Okay, this is what I got, you know, yeah. never really taking the time to just, you know, consider is there more that God is trying to give me? And you know what, probably be so wrong, probably be here Whitney and not God because I didn't move so fast. Yeah. So yeah, so thank you for that. That's really, really good. So now, as we get ready to kind of close this thing on out, I want to talk about how is it important um how important is god in marriage um and this can be a struggle right and like i, I want to preface with you know i know several people who have no god in their marriage and marriages survive with no god so we're not here trying to be like if your marriage ain't got god it ain't gonna work it's gonna fail we're not saying that okay i i want to talk about the fact that you know or for us you know as believers how important is god in marriage and i got questions up in there i want to i want to break some things out so um i don't know who want to start if you feel like that is like that's something you're working on where are y'all with that of course we want god in our marriage i think god is very important in our marriage because first for for me i believe um when you understand god's love and grace then you can have a better marriage um but like you said, there are people who are not Christians or not believers, and they do, um, well, they appear to do just fine. And I really think, um, I honestly think that that is more of them having the same goal and them knowing this is the end goal. This is where we're going. That, that, that makes sense. I think you can wheel your way, you know, two people with the same, like you said, intentions or goals and stuff like that with no faith you can will your way to a marriage that is maintained and makes it um and I, I think God adds that special element because I think he I know that he established marriage so like for us like it's so important to us because we know this is something that he established and Sierra you hit on God's love when we understand God's love and grace <sighs> it's so deep man like you can study love so long 
what is love? Love is long suffering. Love is kind. Love is gentle. It doesn't keep records of wrongs. Like we could just keep going and it's, it can be a struggle for us. You know what I'm saying? So, so even in that, breaking that down, if we struggling with love, you know, sometimes you need to be reminded, like I'm being reminded right now of all those things that, you know, that love, it's not just a feeling, but it is patient. It is kind. It is long suffering. Like, yeah, so that means you suffering, girl, a little bit, but you got to keep pushing, right? So who wants to go next? <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Yes, that unconditional love. Um, and when we know the Father and we know that love, we've experienced that love, it's easier. It's not the easiest thing, but it's easier to um, portray that and show that to our spouse. What happens when our belief systems or our faith are different so kind of like just the idea of faith in marriage maybe you don't believe the same things you know what i'm saying just kind of like, is faith important in a marriage and kind of like why yeah faith is important but um it all depends because every marriage is different you have those that came from different faith backgrounds and they decided we love each other we're gonna get married um that's interesting, especially like, let's say if it's a Muslim background versus a Baptist background, you know, where it's two distinct differences. Um, I've seen those and a lot of times there was a struggle and somebody has to give in when it was all said and done. Somebody has to yield because both cannot go hard after their God and stay united. It's, it's a separation, it creates a divide. Um, then there are those, and that's called being unequally yoked. Um, but then when you're equally yoked and y'all are in the same faith, but then it goes back again to that growth because it's like, hey, are they moving at the same pace? You know, I have more faith than you, nan, nanny, boo, boo. No, that, that can't be done. So like, um, for me, I want y'all to think of the sh shape of a triangle. And I would say I'm over here, my spouse is over here, and God is at the top. And so the closer we move to God, you see the closer we move to each other. So God is paramount, your faith is paramount, because when he says something to make me mad or whatever, and he tells the truth and I don't want to hear it in a moment, then I'm going to go tell my daddy on him. And I'm talking about my heavenly daddy. And then normally my heavenly daddy points me to scripture and said, baby girl, you're wrong. And you got it. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, Lord, forgive me for being wrong. Now you got to turn around, go back and make that right. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the process. And so that's why I say God and our faith is critical yeah. to our marriage. That's so good. Yeah. Catherine, let's go. So for, okay, so yes, faith is extremely important, but I think it's more so important when, um, I mean, life happens, okay, and we're, everybody, you're going to be tested, your faith is going to be tested daily, you know, it's going to, it's always going to be something, there's so many outside voices and outside influences trying to, you know, deter us and get us away from what we know is right at the core, which is following God and, you know, doing his will first over ours. But I think it's important to have a spouse that's on the same page of you because 
sometimes even when Charles is like, you know, he's feeling down or discouraged or whatever. If I'm dealing with the teaspoon of faith, how can I fill up his cup? You know, or if I'm low on faith, how can it, he's uh, low as well? You know, two empty tanks can't siphon and, and give the other anything, you know? So it's very important that, um, that you both know God together but you have to get to know him for yourself. Like I have to have my own set of faith without depending on my husband so that I can pull him along when he's not 100%, you know? So God and faith, man, I'm telling you, especially over the last couple of years, our faith and Lord have mercy, our life is just a constant. You have to, You, I keep getting reminded all the time that you have to have faith even when, you don't see it because God, and I think that's to go not to flip back, but I think that's why we're so easy to make our spouses ahead because we can touch and feel our husband, but not every, all, we can hear our husband, you know, but not all the time. You don't feel like you can hear God. You don't feel like you can feel his love or his protection on you. So it's a, God is important all the way around in a marriage. I'm telling you, if you want to, um, I don't care. Both of y'all believe in whatever y'all need to be on the same page and believe in it so that y'all can push each other when the other falters. It's, it's extremely important. Yeah. Catherine, you just preached. I think the biggest part, uh, like you said, um, you it's important for both of y'all, but you have to have your own relationship for, relationship with God. I think the thing that can get discouraging sometimes, just for me, is like, you know, when things, you know, like you all believe the same things, but then sometimes you, maybe it's not as important to the other one, you know, and then sometimes it can be a struggle. Like, like how do you, not, not how do you, but like, you still have to maintain, like, I know for me, it's easy for me to get thrown, not thrown off, but to get discouraged because I feel like maybe I'm not, you know, I don't, we're not on the same page when it comes to spiritual things like that. Like both believe in God, you know, believe Jesus Christ died for our sin and rose again, but it can be a struggle sometimes to, to have that love. Cause God talks, the Bible talks about, we win our spouse by our character and by the way we act. Sometimes it's hard for my character to, to win him because it'd be getting it'd be getting out of control sometimes because i know i'm not maybe not showing love i'm not being the most kind or the most patient or long suffering and that ain't doing nothing but pushing him away even further you know so it's a constant battle and i think that's why it was so important for me to do things like this to hear like you know it's a it's a it's a struggle but we have to work through it like to see you know how you say y'all y'all continue to move over the years continue to grow together you know, when you're in the middle of those years and you had like year 10 or whatever, and it's struggle, you, you know, it's a struggle. Sometimes you still have to keep pushing. Like it don't feel good right there, but by my faith tells me that later on, it will get there. It's a season, you know? So, um, and we can't just give up in those seasons, even though they're hard and they suck. I hate the winter when the snow on the ground and all those different things, but summer is coming eventually, you know? So, um, I think just have to stay encouraged. Miss Lawanda said, God gives you that love, hope, and understanding you need to keep that marriage strong. It's ordained by God. He established it in the beginning. Amen. 100%. 100%. When our flesh is not able to do it, we should be reverting back to our faith. And those little things like just simply the definition of love on biblical terms will get you together real quick. Like, shut up, girl. Get it together. You're not loving. I always go back to grace when I think about like... um 
you know, oh, I, I woke up and I did my devotional, I said my prayers, or I entered this fast, and it's, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't do this, but I'm, I'm sure we do sometimes. It's like, did you say your prayers today? <laughs> did, did, did you read your scripture today? And then like, like I'm reminded, like Sierra, the same grace that God gave you is the same grace that he is giving your husband. So just because you think you got it a little bit together, he has that same grace for him to have the time he needs to get it together as well. Or, or look, in, in those moments, because Charles used to didn't pray, like, I felt like, I'm like, Charles, do you, do you even pray? He's like, yeah, I pray. And I'm like, well, Lord, I don't see you say no grace or that. But I'm saying, it's like, most of the times what I would do when I pray, if I felt like he wasn't praying, I'd be like, babe, come on, so we can come on, say a, a prayer. So at least I know you got one prayer in that day. Even if, even if you lied and said you did the rest of the prayers, I know you got that one because I don't drug you up in mine, you know? I don't drug you up into my morning devotion. Maybe you find a scripture, read yours, tell me what you think it means, and I'm fine. My scripture, I'm reminded, tell you what I think it means. So sometimes, you know, if you feel like, you know, husband or wife or whatever isn't doing, or you don't feel like they that close to the Lord, you don't sit. I'm like, look, now I'm not supposed to be judging nobody else's salvation, but if I feel like, how do I know it ain't God putting that in my spirit that he ain't praying? You know, I need us to be, and then especially because the man supposed to be the head of the household, I need to make sure he ain't missing no prayers at all. So, listen, babe, come on so we can come on say this prayer now. I'm feeling it in my spirit. I got an attitude. Can we just pray? I'm quick to say I will let the whole house know when I wake up, hey, I got an attitude. I'm not sure why, y'all. I'm sorry. I need, I, you know, say it all loud. You ain't praying. We need to do that together, you know, so yes, incorporate that you know, Diddy, I saw you unmute, girl. Go ahead and give us the business. Come on, we need. I don't you. know if I can go after. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good, but yes. Oh my goodness. So I know. Um, I know. Early on in our marriage, we we didn't know what to do. Like we knew as singles, I had my devotion, he had his devotion, but then coming together to get married, it was like, okay, so I guess now we do it together. So that's what we did. We, we did our devotion together, but we quickly found out that, and Catherine hit on it earlier, you got to ha still have that faith for yourself. So I had to do my devotion. He had to do his, and then we would still come together. So maybe it'd be once or twice a week where we would intentionally make time to pray together and read something. We would pick a book of the Bible and, you know, go by chapter or whatever. But that's what we had to set aside. But on the daily, I had to still get mine. He had to still get his. Mm. And um, Sierra, when you talk about grace, our phrase is space for grace. And we have to allow that space for grace with our spouses. Because Lord knows when we wrong, we want all the grace in the world. So... <laughs> So who are we not to extend it when they need it? So, yeah. 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 I wanted to say that's good, D. She said, I love you, Catherine. Girl, yes. Like, I think a little bit of that was in all of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so space for grace, definitely. Um, it's, it's it's one of those things. I I feel like that's why we, we do need other believers in our corners like we need to have other women of faith 
like that we talk to that we you know not not necessarily giving all your business to but but that's going to check you that's going to tell you when you're wrong you know or that's going to encourage you like this was so encouraging for me tonight y'all don't even know like um it was very encouraging because sometimes you don't have you don't have what you need in order to push you to do a little bit better and so there's power in fellowship and all of those things so ladies Thank you so much for sharing tonight. This has been great. I wanted to know if anybody had any last comments that they can make, that they wanted to make before we close this thing out. Um, Karen, what about you? Any final comments or encouragement, words that you want to drop? I think people put too much pressure on marriage and they make it too complicated. You know, it's just, just love each other. You're going to always well, for the most part, you're going to always love each other. You may not like each other all the time, but, you know, it's like, just give each other, um, be patient. You know, it's, I try, I, Lord knows I am the worst with the patience, but I just feel like people just, they ask us like, oh, y'all only got married after two months. Like what you doing? Cause we ain't put too much pressure on it. Like he never even called me his girlfriend before he asked me, did I want to marry him? You know, it doesn't have to go in steps and it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but y'all too as long as it's making sense to y'all and y'all don't heard from the lord this is what y'all supposed to do that's it just don't put so much pressure on it live and let live come on sis yeah. okay thank this you i call my my baby daddy he know he my husband you know but that's my i say baby daddy he know you know yeah. just keep people, people like why you call him your baby daddy he your husband because he know he my husband Okay, my baby dad. It's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. Sierra, what about you? Any final comments from you tonight? Yes, final comment first. I love y'all already. Um Wit and her husband, that's like really the only um I guess married couple around our age that me and my husband actually can hang around. So that has been an, an awesome thing. But um, just like what Catherine said, I don't think that there's like a one size fit all for marriages. You kind of figure out what works for you in your house and you keep God in the center and, you know, go on with the flow. Yeah. I, I remember talking to you one, I think we were at the beach or something, um, Sierra, like you just be graceful girl. Like I was talking about, you know, like not really seeing like maybe the, you know, best examples and stuff. And you was like, well, what is the best example? And that was it. And had me thinking, I was just sitting at the beach looking at the water, like, damn, what is the best example? You know what I mean? So it, you're so right, guys. There is no perfect example. Stuff is going to be different. Everybody's marriage is going to be different because everybody's man is different and everybody's woman is different. So we trying to figure this thing out. The most, the thing that I want to leave is, and and it's, it's hard to remember in the heat of the moment is that we are two different people, you know, walking this thing out, man, walking this thing out, trying to figure it out for ourselves. And sometimes I forget that and I will be, I will be frustrated, impatient. But, you know, after having this tonight, I'm about to go do a study on love, you know, because I feel like I really need to go back and revisit that thing because I, I honestly, if I'm just being honest with y'all, I don't think I have been 
loving like I need to. So that's one of the things that I'm going to do. Biblical love is just, I just ain't been, I ain't been, I ain't ain't there right now. I haven't been being as good with it as I need to be. So that's something that your girl is going to leave here tonight thinking about. I'm going to go talk to Clay about the touch and talk because I think he's been touching and talking. I just wasn't picking it up what he was putting down. So thank you, Sister D, for hooking us up, encouraging us, inspiring us. My friends, y'all, these my real life friends because I'm cool like this. I got positive women in my life. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in to the Woman Intentionally podcast. Do not hang up, ladies. We will see you guys next time. Continue to woman intentionally. Good night. Bye, y'all.